Golden Bears are your big game champions. I am Michael Brust. I am joined by two of the best writers that I know. Josh Uenen and Spencer the Dude Galanka. Guys, we brought it home. Tell me about it. I didn't do anything, to be honest. I just spoke into it into existence. I mean, mm. but to be fair, I'm not Rallycom. I want to give the axe to the players. Um, that is, that is a controversy. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but, um, jokes aside, what a weekend that was awesome in every way, shape and form. Um, I don't know, man, this, this was I, literally like, I, I feel like I just woke up from a dream. Like Monday morning I woke up, I was like, Hey, I just dreamed that the daily cow won ink bowl and then one boat race. And then a few hours later, cow won the big game. Like, wow, that was one of the best dreams I've ever had. So we woke up, came to, came to school and wow, it was, it was real. We saw that we want, we got the axe back sign on South Hall. It felt like when I was coming back to campus that it just everyone was in a better mood. Like legitimately, oh. Berkeley can often be a place where it's sad, where people don't necessarily feel like in school spirit. But I came in Monday morning and I saw so many people wearing cow colors more than normally. I really felt like campus really got into it this weekend. I, I walked into my math class, okay, and there's just a bunch of nerds in there, all right. And we don't ever <laughs> talk about football. Sure. They don't ever talk about the Daily Cal. None of it, right? I walk in. Three kids have the paper in front of them out there. Did you? Were you at the game? Did you see the game? And I'm like, is this how Alabama feels every? Is that? Is this, is this how Clemson feels every weekend? Like, it just seemed like Cal, and it's weird. You don't. I don't really think about Cal as a football school. Sure. It felt like a football school this weekend, which is really cool. Um, shame it doesn't happen more, but I mean, it, it was a really cool thing to see. You know, being 100 percent serious. Spencer. Yes. Sports editor extraordinaire. Tell me. Or your thoughts about this game? This amazing, remarkable, once in a cow career kind of game. How'd you feel? Uh, pretty emotional, honestly. Uh, this fool was dancing in the press box, I yo. Know, five minutes was, after the game, I was merely rocking in the press box. It's kind of hard to be an objective reporter for a game, but like, because it was just a, I don't know. There's this one Twitter video of the guy sitting in like the, the um the top right corner of the field where all the like the cow band was and all the students were and like i've watched that video like 45 times and like i tear up after because it was chase garver's final touchdown when he ran mm, it in and like yeah. everybody's going crazy like i don't know it was just a cool moment to see a cool moment to be a part of um it kind of just like it was i think it was the defining moment regardless of what happens in the bowl game of the season just because it's been you know it's been a decade uh i i, I don't know man it was just it was good vibes all around. I'm glad Cal finally got the cojones to storm the field, uh, and Stanford security let that happen, uh, which was a level of disrespect I haven't seen before from <laughs> Cal. Uh, but I, I loved every single second of it, and like I just wanted to say shout out to the Cal fans, man, because they I, really they showed out dude, numbers to that game, dude. Like my like my ears were piercing after Garbers ran in because I mean they were. They brought it, hey, man. Hot take. Cal fans show up on the on, better at road games than home Dude, games. By I, far. You see it on multiple occasions. At Washington, season. at Ole Miss. At it Ole was Miss. way better than at Memorial so Stadium. Like, okay. In fairness, though, about Washington, that was just because all the Washington fans left because it was 3 in the morning by the time they well, finished. Well, that's up. true. Also, I think Cal like has an underrated like away, away, day, away day. Like 
travel course, whatever the hell you're going to call well, it. Well, Cal like, is the kind of school, like, where you go, and then you, you go somewhere else after you graduate, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, If yeah. you go to Washington State, oh, look at me, I'm a cougar. Like, you're not really, you know, you know not that chill. Like, you're not going back, I mean, you're get like, when you're, if you go to uh, Washington State, and you're, like, you're not going to live in Pullman. Like, sure, there's more right. Washington State games. There's more Washington State fans out of Let's just roast Washington State, bro. The whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Washington I'm State, but like... Hey, uh, let's roast all the Pac-12. State. Oregon, what the hell? Dude, are, what Oregon, are you doing? Okay, okay, okay. Dude, we're Quick segue. We're men's basketball, Pac-12. What are you doing? Wait, we're talking men's basketball. I thought you were going to talk about how Oregon lost. Well, yeah. Well, Oregon That's football, we Oregon football too. The, the, the whole Pac-12 right now, what the heck? Okay, honestly. But anyways, continue. Uh, let's, let's get back on track. Let's, uh, let's, talk, let's talk, like, the actual game. Uh, it's horrible. Uh, let's start, I guess, offensive side of the ball. I mean, Chase Garver's had uh, one of the, I think, most legendary runs in Cal football history. I mean, Cal football is a storied organization, a storied legend, uh, a legendary program, but I truly think that was one of the greatest moments in Cal history. Josh is our sort of resident Cal historian. Can you talk about what this, uh, what, what this, what that offensive drive meant in terms of Cal football history? When you say historian, it makes me feel old. First of all, I kind of like it though. Um, anyways, historians get me young. Look. It's not you're not as old <laughs> as the history. Hey, look, Slander. look, people that I talk to you say this is the biggest Cal win since 2003, which is when Cal upset USC here at Memorial Stadium. Sure. Um, incredible. I mean, I mean, you speak about the offense, okay? Chase Garbers has played one, like, heading to the game, had played a quarter and like a couple minutes since September 27th, okay? His status was in doubt the whole week whether he was going to play or not. And even with all that speculation, Stanford came into this game favored by a few points. I mean, Stanford's not playing well, right? Like, at all. And I thought through the first three quarters, it was very even, but Stanford took advantage of its opportunities better than Cal did. And then, 7.44 to go, Cal's down seven. I, people are going to talk about that last drive a lot, but the second to last drive just as much. That was the Nico Remigio drive. I mean, I mean Nico Remigio has been around this program for almost two years now. He came in with a lot of expectations at this, as the Southern California kid from modern day. And for the, for the first two years, he had one touchdown catch. Um, he, and, and heading into this game, he had maybe 300 all-purpose yards on the season, and he finished with 180 in this game alone. So Chase Garber's credit, but also Nico Remigio deserves all the credit in the world. It's kind of ironic that Cal would have this type of re- weekend, which we talked about. It's one of the. It's it's as you know. It's so great that it, ha- it happens every fifteen years. One of the tweets that Avi from CGB tweeted was: "Imagine saying a year ago that Chase Garbers would have more yards from scrimmage and touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff combined on game on big game weekend. You would have thought that Cal had won by seventy points. Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff on the weekend that Cal wins have probably like the worst performances I've ever seen from Interesting. them. Interesting. Okay. It was like a, it was like a trade off, right? But sure. but I mean Chase Garbers, as I said, right? He's been he's rusty. He hasn't he had the concussion last week. He had a sh- a collarbone injury, right? And to have this type of performance at this point in the season, denying Stanford the ball eligibility, giving Cal the ball eligibility, and the fact that that the way he did it, the Vince Young esque run in. The end zone right in front of the Cal stands. I mean, it just it carries so much weight, and that's why it means so much to the fans. Is just like everything that could have gone right those last two drives went went well. I mean, there was one sack, and even after the sack happened, boom, thirty-seven yard pass to to Trayvon Clark, who I've never seen make like nobody makes a catch like that against Stanford secondary, which is not the best. But I mean, that I I still can't get over how that pass was completed. It was like divine intervention. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my take on the last two drives. 
Spencer, uh, can you tell me about Cal, the Cal's defense? I mean, I with some really crazy big plays. I mean, there was the one-handed interception, which I mean, I, I watched a replay of it earlier today. It was number six on Sports Center's top ten. It should have been number one. It was one of the most insane plays I've ever seen. Cal, especially as sort of a defense that has lacked, I would say, the big impact value of, of defenses. They they haven't been able to really make the big plays. Yeah. Can you talk to me more about like just how Cal defense meant to shut down Stanford to only uh, uh, to pretty low numbers and how important those big plays were. Well, I want to start this off by saying like, uh, just to go back to what Josh said, that it was like pretty even keel, but I think, and I'm going to completely not answer your question at the moment, but like go turn back to the offense and say like, I honestly think the Cal offense was in control for the majority of the first half. I think Mm -hmm. the third quarter got away from us, but like, I think it was just lack of execution, as you said, mm-hmm. um, kind of over the overarching kind of storyline of the game or the first half. But I think Cal dominated the offensive side of the ball, um, especially in the running game and even in the passing game. I, I never – it was the first time – and, like, it was the first time I felt like how I felt about Garbers on the last drive of the Washington game. Like, he looked like he was not going to make any errors. Even, you know, you, we saw him evade – you know, pass rushers with throwing the ball away. Again, making good decisions like when he needed to, when the pressure was on. But like going to the defensive side of the ball, I think honestly they struggled a lot more than I thought they would. At least, interesting. I think uh, there was a, there was a bust two minutes in. Yeah, like I I think like I don't know. Um, it was very yeah exactly for the first touchdown. It was so just a bust. Donald conference. Stewart, the guy who caught that touchdown, was his first catch in two years. Yeah. So like. And tough, like tough, tough yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I think Stanford really struggled in the red zone, and when they got closer to the goal line, um, I think Cal's defense really didn't play well until. I mean, even on the interception, the Jalen Hawkins interception you mentioned, they didn't do anything on that drive and had a punt. I mean, it was basically just like a punt for Stanford from the interception. I mean, definitely it was a momentum swinger. And then you know, as Cal defense does all the time, they just they clutch up at the end. They you know, at, well, not all the time. Not all the time. Look at you. you <laughs> that's, way, that's way too generous. Yeah. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like, I think, I don't know. I think it was, I, I think, like, the occasion, yes, is really big. Obviously, the big game, and we haven't won in a decade. But looking at the game itself and taking the occasion out of it, I really think Cal didn't play well, given the, where, given the state of Stanford. Like, I think Stanford's in absolute shambles. And the fact that they were favored I makes me want to puke. Given you know the trend of the way these two I, programs, I think, and I think teams everybody are in. thought Devon Monster was going to start. Well, well, that's a good point, and then that that probably would have had the game. I think it would have been right. even if Garbers if they had known Garbers was starting. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's honestly just a testament to Garbers, and you know, kind of actually this time bailing out the defense who didn't play well against kind of an okay Stanford offense. So I think, yeah, man, I think Gar- Garbers straight up looked like like a game changer. For the first time that I've seen it, it, it looked like he just knew what the hell to do and knew that he all the responsibility would be on his shoulders and he rose to the occasion. And that's all you can ask for. You know, it's interesting. I'm a Bay Area sports guy, so I, this may sound a little bit biased, but my comparison with him is Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't have the flashiest okay. stats. They don't have the flashiest stats, right? They don't like always like they're not the Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, extremely sure, good number. Exactly. Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter at sixteen and three. Chase Garbers, when he plays the majority of the snaps as Cal's quarterback, is twelve and three in his career. Yeah. So if he if he had stayed, I mean, we can add, we can talk for a long time. If he stays healthy for a full year, who knows what can happen? Um, to answer the question about the defense, I know you want to talk about that. 
I thought it was very symbolic on the last play of the game. You have Loney Toiloa, who's a senior who hasn't made a huge impact making the first hit. Yeah. You have Cameron Good coming in and wrapping up, who is like the secondary star, right? Someone who has been banged up but is like a huge contributor victim of the coming Weaver in there. Jones. And then Evan Weaver, of course, is fitting late, the Weave. one who finishes it. Yeah. So I thought that play was very symbolic. Stanford has run the ball down, I talked about in the preview podcast, yeah. has run the ball down Cal's throat for years. And it was super symbolic to stuff him on fourth and one on a run play, um, especially when Stanford was throwing the ball through the air pretty well throughout the evening, I thought, or the afternoon. So um, credit Daniel Scott, too. I mean, I mean, we talk about how the margin for error in football games is so little. Cal's, def- Cal's offense had zero turnovers, and I think if they had committed one turnover in one of those areas, this yeah. could have been a completely different ball game. Also, shout out Greg Thomas with, I think, a career-long... You know, 49-yarder, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, if that's not made, I mean... It's I mean, in one of the toughest situations, I think, to be in on the road against a, a, a program rival. I mean, the biggest program rival may be yeah. in college football history, right? I mean, yeah. that is a lot of pressure, and to be able to kick uh, 49 yards is absolutely insane. I don't know, man. I think, uh, honestly, I was, like, really happy for the program after the game just because of, like, everything, like, that. there was a lot of downs, like, for a really long time, for a lot of weeks. Yeah, and, like, it's, been, it's been tough since our 4-0 started. It exactly, really sort of and, apart. like, with, you know, with the injury troubles and everything, but, like, this kind of just cemented, I think it's better to compare, like, how bad Stanford, how bad of a state Stanford it is and make mark that to cows in the That's trajectory fair. that they're yeah. on. But, um, you know, I think well, you have to ch- for this season in particular, you change your expectations based off of how things are going. If you had, if you go to the beginning of the season, you see, oh, you beat Stanford, you're six and five. It's like great, but right. But I think given the circumstances of what Chase Garbers has been through, yeah. how limited Nico Remigio has been, and the ten years of not beating Stanford, it's just like this is the greatest thing ever. I think that's what people felt yeah. in that moment. So you know, I wouldn't call this season a success by any means just because you beat Stanford and, and everything that happened. But I think in that moment, in that, like, instantaneous moment, it was a well-deserved, like, oh, let it all out. Like, let all that frustration out. Obviously, you got to regroup, and you got to play one more game, and then you got to play the bowl game. Um, huge win for the program, even though it may not look like it on paper, like 6-5, and 4-7, and seven, whatever. But it means so much more than that because of what the act symbolizes and because of the circumstances of this season about how frustrating it's been since Garbers got hurt. Like, I mean, the stars really did align, so... Absolutely. Uh, so I want to. Hold on, hold on. I want to oh, say something. Okay. Uh, sorry for interrupting, but like it's crazy. Uh, uh, when Garbers is given time, he can actually like throw the ball and find receivers. Uh, shout out also Trayvon Clark uh, with that catch on the last drive. That's dude. the most. That's gonna be the cl- I, catch that people overlook. Oh my god! But that play oh was unbelievable. When I saw that live, I stood up in the press boxes. I was like, oh, that defies physics. I've I thought there was no that way that the ball was being caught. That, like, was, that, that was crazy. That was honestly insane. Especially with the defender just jumping like yeah. five feet in front of him. He's like, nope. The dude got not one, but he got two feet in bounds. I watched the replay multiple times. Cal hurried up to the line so fast that Cal Athletics' Twitter account oh, misspelled yeah. Trayvon Clark's name. Like <laughs> They were trying to hurry it up because they knew something crazy was happening. Yeah. They rushed back up there so fast that shout out to Jared Prescott they misspelled the name and I thought that was you know very fitting wow I don't know man it's uh it's I'm, I'm happy I'm in a good mood welcome back to part two of one golden moment the Stanford UCLA edition I'm Michael Rust. I'm joined by my favorite beat writer and future editor-in-chief, Josh Yuen. Uh, And we're going to talk about the UCLA game. Uh, what a game by Cal. Uh, 
almost uh, seemed like the momentum was shifting right at the end, but we uh, we held on. Tell me what are your just instant reactions from the game? Yeah, well, first of all, that was very high praise. Thank you, sir. I uh, want to give you congratulations. The next deputy sports editor, Michael Brust. <laughs> um, no longer just a producer. He's got he's got a big boy job now, so he'll be editing a lot of the articles that you see at dailycat.org slash section slash sports. Check it out. To answer your question, man, what, what a wild night. It was a lot of fun. I've never been to the Rose Bowl before, and just the moment you see it, you know that so many famous games were planned there. Sure, like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So that was a good experience. Um, weird, weirdly wet conditions. You don't think of L.A., you don't think of tropical. You think of sunny and warm and all that, and it was just it was a drizzle. It wasn't like a downpour, but it was a drizzle. It was, it was enough to kind of throw Cal's defense off its game a little bit in the first quarter. A few missed tackles, which, I, you know, regardless of the rain, you still got to make, but... Um, it may have played a factor into it. Um, the Rose Bowl has a grass field, so um, that was interesting for sure. But, man, I mean, when I think of this game, I just think about the balance. I mean, this is what if, – if Chase Carpers were healthy the whole season and the defense, you know, for the most part had all of its guys back. Um, you know, Jordan Duncan didn't play. Um, did not travel with the team reportedly. But Makai Polk stepped up. Chris Brown, oh, I think, had his best game of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, UC Davis aside, where they just fed on the rock every time. I mean, I just think about balance from this game because you saw what Cal is capable of when the offense does just enough and the defense does its job. And, and 28-18 is a game that you could have expected, you know, from a mile away. But just knowing the inconsistency, you never knew what Cal team you were going to get in the fourth quarter in the second half. And, um, you know, I, I, even when UCLA scored in the third quarter, I really thought it was a fluke, like when the, that missed tackle or whatever. Sure, or yeah, no, totally, yeah. And kept going, and then there was the unsportsmanlike call. So I feel like even oh, the unsportsmanlike even, call was killer. Yeah, in even, drive. even UCLA's second half score, I felt like was sort of a fluke, and this game could have easily been, you know, 28 10. So. Yeah, it really felt like their offense had almost no life until that very last drive uh, with, with, their, with their backup QB. With the prevent and, defense, yeah. right? It wasn't, it wasn't exactly. Exactly. So, and even, even then, Cal made the stop when it mattered. So I. I, when, I, when you ask me what I think about this game, it really is the balance. It's each side doing what it had to do. And um, the fact that the offense went over 400 yards again, I'm going to talk about in the column that I just wrote, that's something that we're just like, oh my goodness. Like, imagine if this had been all year with yeah, the defense absolutely. of the last two years. So, um, really nice showing from everybody all around. Uh, well, talk to me about uh, Christopher Brown Jr.'s game because I think really just shined. Uh, on offense. I mean, Garbers, the wide receivers were great, but I mean, this was really Christopher Brown Jr.'s game. Yeah, so so great great point. I mean, the Chris Brown Jr., he went for 36 carries and 197 yards week one of the season. He was literally top five in the nation in rush yards. <laughs> yeah. was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> who needs Patrick Laird, right? right? But the reality is Chris Brown Jr. isn't like He's not a complete. I didn't. I came into the season and I was. I had my like my concerns. He's not a complete. He didn't seem like a complete back to me. Sort of like the powerful like short yardage guy that that I thought was going to happen. And so when Justin Wilcox hinted that he was going to be the three down guy, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. And he did great at UC Davis. But once and he did very solid against Washington and and had a couple of rough games. But once Chase Garbers went down, there were eight nine guys just in the box waiting for him every game because Devon Monster didn't have the mobility that Chase Garbers right. did and, and the passing skills. So. Defenses were allowed to prepare for that a little bit more, which, and when you're the first year starter, I mean, he's a, he's a true sophomore, but his first year starting, right? That's a tough task going up against an eight, nine man box versus a seven man box. And so it was really tough, at least in the early going, in the middle part of the season when Garbers was hurt, um, the offense as a whole was in kind of like a, was, was in a rough stretch against some really tough patchful defenses. Chris Brown Jr. wasn't, you know, nearly the same back. But to, uh, Saturday night in LA, he just ran the ball with conviction, I thought. And, and, and the offensive line did a great job. UCLA's oh, top seven is, is maligned. It's been it's been, had a rough go all year. 
shout out to the offensive line, but Chris Brown Jr. as a whole, the two, like, he utilizes blockers very, very well. He didn't run away from people, but the holes he had, he took advantage of, and um, that's something you always want to see from from a true sophomore back who's going to be around for the next two years, which is awesome. Uh, so let's keep it the offense for a little bit, and then we'll yeah. go to the defense. Makai Polk and Chase Garbers found a really solid connection this game. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so Makai Polk, we asked him post-game. So Makai Polk is a true freshman from the Bay Area, from, from Richmond. Sort of like a... You know, a slow start, like a rough transition going from um, the East Bay over to the college level. And as a whole, Makai Polk, the screen game, is, it's his bread and butter. We saw it against Washington State where he had that 52-yard zigzag, and, it, and that was the kind of like his, this is who I am. And this one where he went off for 44 yards was the, let me reintroduce myself a moment. <laughs> I mean, this guy, he's going to be he's gonna be around for the next, he's a true freshman, like I said, um, playmaker through and through. He has good hands and he has the body type. I mean, he's slender. He's sort of like Trayvon Clark, but um, potentially with better hands. So um, another credit to the offensive line for spring and free because there was there was one guy that Cal really had to, had to block. It was a great play call by Bo Baldwin. The whole UCLA defense bit, and there was just one defender left that they had to block, and he was gone. So Makai Polk is is Mr. Screen Game. Look, Remind, I mean, it's kind of coincidental. He re, he wears Vic Wharton the third's number, and Vic Wharton's play was the screen. So <laughs> I think as a whole, they found something kind of special with him. Really excited just as a whole for the offense in the future because of guys like Chris Brown and Makai Paul. Yeah, it really feels like the offensive core is so young. Like with it two is. to three years left of just these guys totally. together. Uh, and I mean, if we look at just the offensive potential, Chase Garber starting 6-0 and this season when he starts and I think plays out the full yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing statistic. And then coupled with the fact that everyone has so much room to grow, it's hard not to be optimistic. That, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like the defense a couple years ago, we had this optimism with because because it was the offense that did so well with Jared Goff and Davis. Wood. Sure. Now it's the defense who has done its job. Tim DeRuiter's done a fantastic job. And and finally, when you have the glimpses and you have, the, you have pockets of it all season long, that's why they finished 7-5 with the injuries and all that. But when everybody's healthy, this is the result. And... There's so much, like you said, there's so much reason to be optimistic, given that you have two, at least two, three good seasons with this core. Absolutely. Um, uh, let's let's transition to the defense. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't maybe the most exciting showing uh, we've seen yeah, from the defense, oh, but still a, a really solid showing. I mean, a, a tied for a season high in five sacks, a really just like good performance, a solid performance from a defense that this season has struggled. I mean, gave up five touchdowns to Utah. Uh, it, it's not been a great season. Can you tell me about the defensive performance as a whole? The number that I looked at when I, when I saw this game, again, five of 15 on third down for UCLA. I thought there were a lot of times throughout the year when it'd be like third and long and Cal just couldn't get off the field. Like so many times. Times. We mentioned before the tackling was kind of supposed to, they have, they've had better games tackling wise, but I really do attribute that to you know playing safer defense, not no big plays really, um, which is which was super important. Dorian Thompson Robinson you know threw the ball thirty nine times. He dropped back more than that obviously. Um, he only had two hundred he had two hundred seventy eight yards, which looks like a lot, but in forty pass attempts that's you know no whatever, that's not right? much. Yeah, um, DTR was really struggling exactly. So and I think it's one thing to look at like the total like that two seventy eight number. It's like that's ah, pretty decent, right? But as a whole, if you watch the game, like the scoreboard could have been easily twenty eight seven, twenty eight ten. You know what I'm saying? So I thought the defense did a great job. Josh Kelly, you know he's he gave Cal so many problems last year. One hundred fifty eight yards and three touchdowns. This year, seventy six yards and nineteen carries, one touchdown. Much more reasonable, and that one touchdown came off of like the uncharacteristic, unsportsmanlike penalties. Yeah, uh, what was up with that? So, if I remember correctly, it was initially called on Dang, but then it, w- it turned out to be Evan Weaver. Can we talk about that a little so, bit? So, yeah, poor coin Dang. Like, he's, yeah. he's like, like, he got put in the, in the, in the doghouse <laughs> for a sec. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. yeah, 
So the referee said number eight uh, sports from like on my first down, but it was Evan Weaver who on third down is incomplete pass. The ball lands right in front of Weaver's feet, and he sort of just kicks it to the ref oh, okay. up in the air. And the ball gets to the ref super fast, and I guess the umpire from the side throws the flag, and, and immediately we all were like, oh, it's got to be for that. Because there was no, Dang did nothing. That's when we were just like, okay, it's not on coin. Let's watch the play. And ju- you could see Justin Wilcox mouthing across the field, like yelling at Evan, what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing, yeah. right? And I, I don't think that's, like, like, I don't believe in that so much. I mean, it made a difference in the game. That's what was kind of scary about it. Yeah, but I also am yeah. not worried in the sense of, like, Cal won the game. It's not like it was... Oh, it's such a it's such a little thing that's exactly. not a big deal. Exactly, absolutely. and I'm not worried about Evan Weaver's character. He's the face, the face of the defense, and it's just one of those things that you know happens and hopefully doesn't happen again. You know? I mean, what was really disappointing too is that it's not really in the spirit of unsportsmanlike conduct. Oh, yeah. Like it is by definition, you're not allowed to kick the football. Right. It's it's it, that is how the rule is enforced. But it's it, he's just trying to get the ball back to, exactly. to it's the It's like referee. when Russell Westbrook threw the ball at the ref and hit him in the head and got called for a T. Like it's one of oh those, yeah, like, it's, it's one of those things. And I saw that I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. I also like it's like whatever you move on, and and they did so. Um, that's what happened on that play. Poor coin dang, uh, Evan Weaver, go buy your buddy some in and out or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what else about the defense really stood out for you, uh, especially going into our bowl game or hour, I should say the objective hour yeah. bowl game. Hey, the, the return of Cameron good. Okay. This guy was my favorite player. Like, like not my favorite player, like, like as a reporter, but just like as a fan, I love what Cam good brought to the table in the limited time that he had in his first two seasons here. Um, and he had been good this season, no pun intended, but at the same time, like, like there was always that, like, like he would, he would get to the quarterback, but he'd be like a step slow. Um, and then he'd like get out of the pocket. I mean, Cam Goods, he sets the edge so well. He's so athletic. He got bigger this summer. Um, and this was the game where he really set, set himself forward with a couple sacks, a couple tackles for loss, if I remember correctly, but he was flying all over the field. He was disrupting passing lanes. And he's a guy that, he's a redshirt junior. He could return for his senior year. I hope he does because he will be taking on a huge responsibility um, along with Zionde Johnson next year. Given that Evan Weaver will be gone, Coindang will be playing with probably Evan Tattersall. So um, to answer your question really, it was the Cameron Goods emergence and then Ashton Davis setting the tone at the end of the Absolutely. game with the interception. Yes. I mean, he didn't play against Stanford, right? But he was so eager to get back in, into the fold. And um, I thought he played a great game aside from a couple of missed tackles, which everybody really did. Um, I thought Cameron uh, Cam Bynum did a decent job on Demetrius Felton. Um, so uh, Cal had some issues with Devin Asiasi at the tight end, but other than that, no one really exploited them to the point where it was like it was devastating. It wasn't it wasn't a Christian McCaffrey performance. It wasn't a um, you know it wasn't any, anything like that. They kept everybody contained to the extent that they could win the game, give the offense a chance, and that's what they did. Yeah, and speaking to uh, the tight end whose name I won't even attempt to <laughs> pronounce, um, uh, the, Cal really shut him down in the second half. I mean, yeah. he exploded out of the first half. I think he had a career high in yards, or at least a season high 70, in yards in the very six first catches half. Catches for seventy yards in the first half. I think only had twenty yards in the second. Yeah, half. so I mean, I, I think even even the minor holes that we're seeing were immediately shut down in halftime. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just total positive mm-hmm. moving forward. Uh, and speaking of moving forward, let's do that. Let's look to potential bowl game we're going to do a, a bowl podcast uh, a preview but i do want to get your thoughts on do you have any early predictions about what bowl we'll be going to so there's a lot of speculation and, and there and there, just, there should be because arizona state uw and cal shout out to chris peterson by the way jimmy late you got some big shoes to fill um they're all they the exact same record so it's one of those things where it comes down to really what happens in the utah oregon game first sure. of all and then second of all it really depends on what the committees of each bowl game vouch for and the one that makes sense, obviously, when you're the committee vouching for 
it makes sense to be the Red Box Bowl in Santa Clara. I mean, the fan base, right? It's, it's here in the Bay Area. It's convenient. It's during the holiday season, right? Um, obviously, a trip to San Diego wouldn't hurt. The Holiday Bowl is one of those bowls that would be a great, you know, milestone marker for Cal. Um, I just don't see it happening based on what happens again. It, it would it would take at least Utah going to the playoff and then the committee vouching for Cal to the point where it hops ASU and Washington. Obviously, Cal beat Washington, but ASU beat Cal. There's a variety of things that, that you have to sure. weigh. So if I had to give my predictions right now, um, I'm hoping that, you, you know, that Utah beats Oregon in that in that Pac-12 championship game, which if I had to pick a team, I'd pick Utah. Um Utah goes to the CFP, but that would that would mean that LSU beats Georgia to free up that extra spot, or Virginia beats Clemson. That's unlikely. So LSU beating Georgia, Utah hops in. Um, Oregon would go to the Rose Bowl. USC would go to the Alamo Bowl, and then the Holiday Bowl is really Cal, UW, ASU. My guess is it's going to be UW because of the whole like UW versus Michigan. It just seems like a better matchup historically. I sure. think that makes more sense in terms of travel. Uh, I feel like. Cal fans would travel better to the Red Box Bowl, and then ASU would go to the Sun Bowl, which is El Paso, Texas, which is sort of like, like that Southwest area. Right? Yeah, Sun Devil, Sun Bowl, it makes exactly. sense. Exactly, and then and then Washington State would go to the Vegas or Cheez or whatever they have in mind. So, uh, can you? Uh, what are our potential opponents? Oh, yeah. Our, of course, the objective the big, hour. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if it's the if it's the Holiday Bowl, it's going to be either Michigan or Iowa. That would be fantastic. I think a great test. No, yeah, totally, um, without a doubt. If it's the Red Box, it's also a great test. It'll probably be. Um, Illinois, Michigan State, or Indiana. Now, Indiana just beat Purdue. Indiana is an eight and four team, a very solid team that did very well this year. Um, Illinois upset uh, Wisconsin. So I think there's a there's a variety of interesting components of the the Big Ten Conference. I think we want nothing we want nothing to do with the Big Twelve after the TCU game last year. So <laughs> let's move to the Big Ten. It should be a fun matchup wherever it happens. I think. And Jim Nolan, the athletic director, talked to me about it on the bus whether it's Holiday or Red Box, it's a step up in the right direction. So Absolutely. I don't think you can be disappointed either way, especially considering Cal was 4-4 four and four a few weeks ago and we're like, oh, no. Like, could, we, we were we, thinking could, of the Tony the Tiger Bowl. Eight, exactly. Eight straight losses, right, or something like that. But but the fact that they're 7-5 now, I think Cal fans should take like, the asterisks with the season. The injuries and when they were healthy, we saw a lot of optimism. And let's go win this bowl game and take that momentum into next season, I think, if you're a Cal fan, if you're part of the program, I think you got to take that and say this is what this is a step in the right direction. Uh, can you also talk to me about so there's a lot of seniors on this team. I mean, our offense yeah. is very young, but I think on the defensive side of the ball, you have some key seniors leaving. What would a bowl win mean for them? Oh, it means so much, especially for a guy for guys like Jalen Hawkins and Ashton Davis who have been in the program for four or five years. I mean, uh, Trey Turner the third also he's been with the program for. He played in the Armed Forces Bowl in 2015. He played in the Cheez-It Bowl in 2018. He's the only one that's won a bowl game because they won the Armed Forces Bowl. But that was forever ago. That right. was a different Cal team. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, you ask Evan, we need these guys. I know a lot of seniors, especially high-caliber NFL guys, have to sit out the bowl games. I guarantee you none of those defensive guys are going to sit out the bowl game. Um, I think you think about bucket list things, right? They went 5-7 and seven in Wilcox's first year. Went 7-6 and six in the second one. Got to a bowl game but lost it. I think it only makes sense. Go win... Go win the, the holiday, the Red Box, whatever you get. Even if it's Vegas. I mean, that, that's very unlikely. But if it, even if it's Vegas, you know, you're going to play Boise State. Go all, go all, all out for that game. I, I guarantee you it'll be a fun one. All right. Well, I want to thank Josh Yuen for being here. The, the big man himself, editor-in-chief. <laughs> uh, I'm Michael Rust. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and anywhere where fine podcasts are downloaded. You can follow us 
on Twitter at the Daily Cal and at Daily Cal Sports. You can find us on Facebook at the Daily Californian. You can find us on Instagram at the Daily Californian. And finally, you can find all of our amazing sports writers at dailycal.org/section/sports. I'm Michael Brust. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.